Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Punching Out. My name's Noah, and today I am joined by Rachel. Hey, everybody. And Anita. Hi, everybody. I'm a little and under the weather. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, we're guessing that there's a pretty good chance, if you're listening to this, that you have some level of student loan debt. and the Just first, like we do. Yeah. Yep, yep. Hooray. And what the first club. thing you should know is that you are not remotely alone in that. There are 44 million people in the country that currently have collectively something like one and a half trillion, 1.53 trillion to be exact, dollars of student loan debt. That is about a little under a sixth of the population, but it's a little over a fourth of the labor force. And we wanted to talk today about the way in which having such a huge percentage of working people in this country saddled with a growing amount of debt Mm -hmm. has essentially eliminated the chances for one or two generations to really sort of make the American dream work in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Regardless of whether we think that dream is worthy. Achievable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Worth pursuing. But even if we wanted to, we couldn't. George Carlin said, it's called the American dream because you'd have to be asleep to believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. He was ahead of his time. (laughs) Absolutely. Love that guy. Yeah. We're, we're just going to throw out a couple numbers here. We mentioned already the number of people who have student loan debt in the country and the collective debt that they have. Here's a few more for you. Currently, the average amount of debt somebody's graduating with from college is in the high 30,000s, approaching 40,000. But I think we all know people who are triple digits easy. Exactly. Yes, definitely. Well, so here's the thing. In this case, I'm one of the lucky ones. My student loan debt is under 30000 and it's fairly manageable because I've spent years sort of like trying every possible trick to do that. So in one sense, I'm not the person that this episode is really about. Uh, would you all like to talk about sort of your experiences or experiences of people that you know sort of yeah. dealing with this? I'm also lucky in a way that it took me 10 years to finish my bachelor's degree. Thus, I was able to keep my debt level down. But that has caused all sorts of problems in terms of, yeah, starting my life, really. Taking forever going through school and, you know, life inevitably happened in the meantime. So it it causes complications. Um, How about you, Anita? I'm unlucky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I started off... uh, going to a two-year school to prepare. And um, I felt like that was the right move because you could get all your cores out of the way and they cost less. Mm -hmm. But I left with an associates and said, well, this is, you know, that and a dollar, you know, two dollars to get a cup of coffee. And this economy, they expect that to be like the low bar for entry for anything. Yeah. So I wanted to go for my, my bachelor's, but it took me a couple of years to decide what and where. And I ended up going to uh, RIT for three years because I already had a lot of um, cores, you know, out of the way. But I did have to go back to that to the two-year school um, in order to prepare to go to RIT because I had to have mm-hmm. a couple of things for prerequisites. That's how they do yeah. it. Yeah, so that's how they extort some um, more. I mean, luckily, I only ended up going. I, I was out of deferment for only about a six-month period, and I was like, holy cow, I've got to jump back into the frying pan because the fire is way too hot out here without yeah. a really good job. So I was about like 38 to 40 going into my four-year school degree. and um, Just from the two just years? From the, oh. Just from three years and then another year doing like preparation because they don't always yeah. offer everything no, during every yeah, semester exactly. so you got to keep yeah waiting. that is 100 percent true yep. so you end up saying well how can i fill out my 
schedule so that I could be full time so that I can get yep. enough credits in order to say full time. Story of my life. Yep. So once you're full, then for people who don't know, if you were only going part time, and if you're trying you to don't work, get any yeah. at the same time as you're full time in school, you, they it's will a not nightmare. give you any money for essentially for for student aid. No, oh, yeah, that and too. And you can't do that. And I did work. I've worked since I was since I had my work permit. Yep, me too. My whole life. Fourteen. Yep. Yep. Fourteen. And I didn't feel like it was fair or anything, of course, but you just got to do what you got to do. So I jumped back in and I said, RIT, that's a real school. That's, <laughs> that's a hit on my resume, man. It's yeah. going to look great. And I did. And, and guess what? I came out, even with a four-year degree under my belt, it was very hard finding employment in my field, especially yeah. here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of competition with new media and graphic design, mm-hmm. UX and UI design. It's very competitive. So so you go into freelance and you go into debt and the bills come due and you're desperate. And um, that's kind of like, you know, my story is even if you really do the right thing, quote unquote, and you work really hard, that's not, this is not a meritocracy. No. Capitalism is a system in which we pit labor against labor Mm -hmm. in order to sort of let them dogfight. And while the people with well, the, the deep pockets just keep getting deeper exactly. at the expense of those who are yeah. fighting one another distracted. Yeah, it's kind of like we're going to fight for the pins. scraps, you know. Yeah. And, and I hear a lot of, you know, people say millennials and people of the generations that we're speaking of primarily are... Those saddled with student loan debt, which is a relatively so new problem. student loan debt that we're actually, you know, subject to ridicule because we either don't own houses or don't have a car or yeah. or refuse to have children, mm-hmm. which is which is all a moral judgment, which is incorrect, I would say. Yeah. Because everyone wants to feel like they have a little piece of the pie. And we can't afford to. And we cannot afford it. So next time you see a millennial or a Gen Xer in their phone watching Netflix, <laughs> that's their only downtime. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, so escapism. Only, yeah. Yeah. That's the only well, pleasantry so that we've got. That, that's kind of the story of the crisis, isn't it? That for decades, people were told if you, if you work you hard, go to college and you'll get a yeah. good job in your field and like it will pay well enough and all of this, right? Like it's, it's a set path that yes. you were supposed to travel. Right. It's a farce. And what we have instead is that almost half of people with debt, with student debt, are underemployed and uh, almost two fifths are defaulting, and both of those rates are growing. Yeah, what was it? Fifty-two percent. Well, of a for-profit college students, yeah, which is a particularly have defaulted on their loan payments. Right. Is a particularly um, predatory. Either. Yes. Yes, Very that's predatory. the word for it. It's a particularly predatory subset, and here's the best part, or the worst part, really. But <laughs> it's the <laughs> fun. It's sarcasm. certainly the it's certainly the funniest the part twist. to me. If you could have twist. seen Noah's face, because those those for-profit colleges don't even report their data, mm-hmm. so there's not even a way to figure out just how much they're screwing over their students yeah. without essentially doing an end run around. Because they're not them. required to, they're not beholden since exactly. they're for-profit institutions. Yes. Yes. And, and um, from the numbers I've got here, um, the average debt that a student takes on at a for-profit college is something like half again the average amount for a public institution. Which, to be fair, there's hmm. a tier in the middle in there, which are private but non-profit institutions. Yeah. They're not really non-profit. They're yeah. absolutely yeah. for-profit. They absolutely. just won't admit it. But still, that's like a sizable difference between what's supposed to be like you know the ideal of higher education and straight up just degree mills that are, as you said before we recorded, Rachel, just counting on half of the students dropping out mm-hmm. yeah. before they even start class. These, yeah. these accreditations sometimes don't even transfer mm-hmm. um, the credits to realer colleges, I should say. <laughs> um, many yep. times that just having that accreditation is not enough to get you a job in the yeah. field that they claim that you're, you know, they go, you go for your license and you can get this and that. That's not often true, and they do target certain minority groups Absolutely. heavily, and women, and women who women they know are already color. pinched mm-hmm. and more desperate. They target people who are vulnerable, yes, and you know financially struggling, um, 
that are trying to get back on their feet and turn their lives around, they sp- mm-hmm. they are explicitly targeting. They those say people. that. And when do they mm-hmm. put the commercials on? During yeah. Maury. Yeah. When you're when or you're like eating Wheel ice of cream. Yeah, you're yep. eating your ice cream and you're depressed and yep. where's my job? And then you see this magical man come on the TV and yep. tell you, Hey, here's how you turn it around. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's so devious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, unconscionable. Yes, it is. Uh, honestly, I don't know if this is changing the subject a little bit, but at um, at family dinner this evening, we were talking about like, how many people do we know that actually have jobs in the field that oh, they God. studied? <laughs> and the only people that I know are doctors, mm-hmm. engineers, and the occasional lawyer and the occasional teacher. Yep. Oh, Although a lot say. of people that I know who are teachers went back to school mm-hmm. to become a teacher. Right. So there's I, something... I work in a place with a lot of second career teachers. Yep. Same thing with nursing. Most of the nurses I know didn't start out wanting to be a nurse. That was something reliable that they could fall mm-hmm. back on, and they knew that they would find a job. One of the interesting things that I was looking up was there's this Get On Your Feet initiative through New York State. Mm. And it started not long ago. It was supposed to be um, they'd pay 24 months worth of your student loans back. But guess who gets that benefit? People who went to law law school. Mm -hmm. People who are teachers, which is good, but only in some circumstances. And some other niche What are are the circumstances? I'm not quite sure. I, I read through it and it said... Teachers, but they had to be in a, in a public institution. Yeah, with it, uh... it, it, be, it was like a Tuesday night with yeah. the, with, the, with the pudding, blah blah blah, yeah. ravioli, ravioli. Uh-huh. So it was. <laughs> give me the formula. Um, so really, it it seems to only target people who would already be doing well in their field. I mean, I know not Except all teachers. teachers. Yeah. yeah, teachers are the exception. They're yeah. they're so maligned in society for some reason. Yeah. Oh, and these they get days. blamed for everything. So yeah, that's a that's another show. Meanwhile, <laughs> teachers are the only ones doing strikes these days and getting things done because you know? they're so desperate. Because what have they got exactly. to lose? Exactly. Anita doesn't been... know it, but that's a preview for a future episode. Oh, I can't so wait! I can't wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was looking through it. It's the Goif. Get on, get on your feet. Really? That's the acronym. <laughs> yeah. <That's really laughs> nice. Lovely. Right. So, Goif. That's Boy. exactly what you'd expect out of Andrew Cuomo's <laughs> it, it is. staff. It's, oh, it's, what a winner. You know, when Amazon it's so Cuomo. funny. Uh, yeah. So funny. I'm glad we kicked him out of, you know, qu- what is it, Queen City or something like that? Uh, Long Island. City, Long Island. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. Forgive me. It's, it is in Queens. In Queens. Yeah. It's my understanding. Oh, uh, yeah. But here's, okay. So just to bring back the discussion <laughs> so slightly sorry. back to the Got a little ostensible topic. <laughs> um, but what you're talking about makes perfect sense. Like, once again, the gospel was supposed to be the education gospel right. was supposed yeah. to be you get you go to college, you work hard in high school, we you were get sold good grades. this mythology exactly mm-hmm. yes, and there's a lot of ways in which so for example, you mentioned Anita, you mentioned teachers being able to get some of their student loan payments Sometimes, done times yeah uh depending on circumstances, like my dad, for example, taught in a public school that was um a lot of the kids were free and reduced price lunch. Mm -hmm. And so he got his loans forgiven very early. And that's been a program forever. Hmm. But in 2007, we had George W. Bush signed the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Act that was supposed to massively expand the categories of employment that qualified you for early forgiveness. It was supposed to be you work – ultimately, you work basically at – A nonprofit job. Yeah. Um, that provides public services, quote unquote, yes, but right. that was left sort of very vague. Yeah, you work there for ten years, you make one hundred and twenty, which is ten I think years if of payments. You work for any five hundred one c three nonprofit. Yes, that was one of the questions. Yeah. I think then if you picked that, there was like a later question that could invalidate it, and it had it was, to be full time. Yes. for ten years, mm-hmm. and you had to make, which is also really hard working for a nonprofit because most nonprofits like the one I work for, struggle for funding. Mm-hmm. So even if you work full-time hours, you don't necessarily get paid full-time hours. So anyway, number one. it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, in this economy, we're supposed to stay working at the same job for, for 10, 10 years. years. Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So you had to make all of these payments. All had to be on time and all had to be for the exact amount. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. Pardon, you couldn't overpay by even $1. You could not oh, pay. Really? Oh, you can't even overpay. You cannot. So you what if you're trying early. to pay down your 
that the <sighs> whole point of the forgiveness program, right? So on the one hand, they did allow that you could do one of the income-driven plans, right? So you okay. could sort of reduce your monthly payment and still yeah. qualify for it. Uh, in fact, the standard 10-year plan, you weren't allowed to be on that in forgiveness because it's a 10-year plan. Yeah. You get done with them anyway. Right. Um, so you couldn't overpay. You couldn't pay early. And only after those 120 payments, originally speaking, did you then go, okay, I've worked my 10 years. Give me my forgiveness, right? Let's, and then you let's can apply yes. to be forgiven. And that, which... was in, that was the initial program. Right. And then it got worse. Mm-hmm. Because then they or made better, it. Or better, depending on uh, if you're a capitalist. It's a sarcasm again. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. Then it, was, then it was that you had to certify that your employer was a nonprofit. So I've actually done this. And it's a form you have to hand off to your human resources person who may or may not be aware of the program in the first place. What if you don't have a human resources person? Like not all 501c3s. And then you hand it off to your boss who, of course, is going to have, you know, so much time and inclination to deal with this. See, this kind of takes me back to this idea that – it's always there's so many hoops, right? Right. So absolutely. On the uh, in a way, on the right, they want to say just don't even bother giving anybody anything. But on the left, they want to in in it's the center left, I should say. Um, they Perfect. really make you work and 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 just sort of put, they they put all of these constraints on right. who exactly can get anything, everything from healthcare to help with mm-hmm. your student loan debt. Like how dare so much you? Red tape. You know, how dare you come to me and ask for these things? This is your government. Well, you know? if you're willing to go through all these hoops, yeah. then I yeah. suppose we, we can, can deign to give yeah. you some sort of relief. I guess you deserve it, and that just feels rude to me. Oh, it's, yeah, it's. I would say it's rude. More than rude. Yeah, it's, it's condescending. Yeah. Want me to make it worse? It's poor shame. Oh, keep going. Keep going. Because it was only a couple of years back that those first people who started mm-hmm. on that program, right when it was signed into law, could apply to have the rest of their loan balances forgiven. 2017, you said? Uh, yeah, right? Yes. 2017 was the first year they could get okay. their, their loan balance forgiven. Now, I want you in the audience, if you're listening, I want you to pick a number oh, between 1 and 100. Now, I want you to think about that number real hard. If you guessed higher than 2%, you just guessed a higher percentage than the number of people who actually had their loans forgiven. Under of the people laws. who qualified. And yes. this is percent. This percent. isn't number of people. <laughs> and 28% of those people who didn't get accepted, um, Tried to it was just again. a clerical error or something like oh. it got misfiled or whatever. Oh, and they sort on. of said... Okay, we'll fix it. And so those people who actually had the wherewithal to do it again. Mm-hmm. But then there's the 70% of people mm-hmm. who got disqualified for reasons that were entirely out of their control. Things Such like, as. oh, it turns out we're not actually going to certify your employer. Oh, you're, Why? Uh, there was one story. So I should probably come clean. I'm getting a lot of this that doesn't come from my own experience. From a recent article in BuzzFeed by Anne Helen Peterson called Here's Why So Many Americans Feel Cheated by Their Student Loans. And it explicitly discusses some of these things. There was one person who literally didn't get the forgiveness because she was a teacher and I guess her principal wasn't labeled as her principal. Oh, and like that was he it. was like a chancellor or something like that? So, probably. Or or that... Um, what does that have to do with... Or that he filled out the wrong section. Whatever. It could Ridiculous. be anything. Ridiculous. And then can you try again? Yes. Or? And and that's the thing. Like, this article brings up... qualified forever? No. You can try again. And in fact, most people sort of have to. Right. Because there's really no other way. You know, even if you then scramble to, yeah. you know, complete as many payments as you can or if you're told, like, you're 90 payments away or whatever. Let me put it this way because I don't want to make this all about my specific experience, but this is this was supposed to be a program that would reward people for choosing jobs that were useful to social yes. good, yes. to society. and For service. Yes. Yeah. And you have – so for those of you who don't know, you have to transfer your loans to a different servicer no matter where they are at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I paid under the new servicer multiple months on time. I waited so that I didn't overpay. I paid on time. I paid every month what I was supposed to pay. I got on the right plan for it, everything. Mm -hmm. After seven months, they finally put in the data on qualifying payments that I had made so far. Mm -hmm. And for some loans, I had fewer than the amount of months I had been in the program. Wait, wait, wait. 
So I had been on the program for like seven months. Right. And for some loans, I only had two qualifying payments. Why? Essentially because they can choose when a payment qualifies and when it doesn't. And this is a highly specific experience is what I'm saying. But it sort of tells you exactly to what lengths these people are willing to go. And we we recently heard, Mm -hmm. right, that a certain retiring senator from Tennessee Mm -hmm. would like to make that even worse, right? Yes. Yes. What, what would what would Lamar Alexander like to do to so, student loan bor- borrowers that we haven't done already? Oh, whip them. <laughs> that does sound like a Lamar so Alexander thing. There's this new proposal that would basically, it would legalize wage garnishment. Your employer mm-hmm. would automatically deduct your student loan payments from your paycheck every month. Awesome. And give it directly to the government. So that also means that your employer would have to be informed about the full amounts of your debt. Exactly. um, Which is something that I think a lot of people would feel really uncomfortable discussing with their employers. (laughs) um, Because, yeah, that that shouldn't be that way. Sounds like feudalism. Um, Apparently, currently, borrowers are matched with companies that administer... So this is from a CNBC article. So currently, there are 14 ways that people can repay their education debt. And under this new proposal, there would just be two ways. One in which borrowers' monthly bills are capped at 10% of their discretionary income, and another that spreads their payments out over a decade. And... Both employers would be responsible for taking the funds from their employees' paychecks and sending them to the government. People, employers, people who are known for taking the exactly correct amount right. out of your paycheck exactly. every time. Yeah, and honestly, no wage theft. Does anyone really check? You know, no. as it is, Social Security and Medicaid, Medicare are taken out yep. automatically. I've never actually checked what those percentages are supposed to be, but at the same time, I care. Yeah. About like those programs. 14 and 3. Yeah. 3%. Percent yeah, from, something. Yeah. We, um, but at least those programs actually help people. Right. 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 And then, whereas this is about profit yeah. for the few from the many. Just to instill faith into my employer or any employer for taking out the correct amount every month directly from my paycheck. I, that sounds... More and more, uh, shall we say... Appetizing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I think there's there's a quote from this guy, Mark Kantrowitz, who is, um, he's said to be here a student loan expert, which I don't know what that means. Sure, but sure. Does that mean he has lots of student loans? I mean, if he did, he would say something this stupid. <laughs> I'm one of those. I'm a student loan expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think this guy is more like a student loan punishment expert. Yes. Because uh, what he says here is many borrowers who default have sufficient income to repay their no. debt, ah, no. but they just have, I love this. This is so unnecessary. I think I read cool. this one. But just have difficulty managing their money. Oh, what? this is Kantrowitz? Yeah, yeah, it's the same yeah, article. It's the same. And yes. I just, I love this. And then he says, there's the potential for a lot of elegance in the design of student loan repayment via payroll withholding. So, I you know, as long as your employee, oh as long God. as when they click the button to take the money out, they put their pinky out, you know, yeah. that's, that's good. Well, I, I would never... I would never use the adjective of elegance to describe this sort of like slavery. So I feel like uh, a lot of times the conservatives want to say we're streamlining it to make it easier. But Easier for whom? Easier to steal from you is basically what it is. Um, It's the same with health care. We're going to streamline it. That just means nobody will have any health care. And you take a chicken to we're the doctor and it for the pay for profit like insurance companies. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it easier to fleece companies. you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. Easier to oppress. The tax, they always say this with a tax structure. We're going to streamline it. Going to mm-hmm. make it so you can fill it out on its tiny little card. Well, that's only easier for us for to you. extort. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not yes. for us. So. Well, we've thrown out a lot of numbers and a lot of facts at you over the past 20, 25 minutes. So what we'll try to do in the next segment is talk about basically how we got here. We'll be right back. If you're listening to this on the radio, congratulations. It's the exact middle point of the work week. If that doesn't make you feel any better, try listening to more Punching Out. All our past shows are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. 
boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Noah, and I'm still here with Anita. Hi, I'm under the weather today, sorry. And Rachel. Hello, everybody. And we've been talking about the student loan crisis and the massive, massive amount of debt that uh, the last couple of generations of Americans have racked up. And, and how that affects our ability to work and to function and in to, society. And to how find there are joy. A lot of people. Yeah, and to and find happiness. joy. Yeah, and to yeah exist and live full lives. Yeah. And how there are a lot of people who are trying to make it even harder for us to pay off those loans. Or, or impossible. Yes, yeah. impossible. So one thing we thought we'd like to do is contextualize the problem for you. Because here's the thing. Student loan debt is a new problem. That's mm-hmm. not something that has always been around. The you know public student loans, the idea of a student loan that was a standard part of how you finance the college education, didn't really exist until 1958. And it didn't really expand until the 70s and then the 90s again when the government started offering direct loans from the federal government instead of always offering them through a private middleman. Now, the thing is, of course, as we now know, a lot of those supposedly federal loans are actually private loans that the U.S. Department of Education sort of backs, kind of. That's correct, yes. And Have we also looked at like the cost of education and how that's gone up in tandem? Because I'm sure that those things have... Oh, yeah, it's magnified. And partly because of this, because schools know that their tuition is They can extort money through the system. It's guaranteed money. And not just that. From 2008 to 2014, the federal government allowed student debt to be securitized. So it could Mm -hmm. be traded on the stock market. Yep. That's horrible. Which, the fact that that started in 2008... Yeah. You know what else was happening in 2008 was the entire economy was crashing. (laughs) Yeah. Because the housing market had just done done that, and yeah. they went, "That's cool." You know what we should do that next with is the people we should who try are going that to tactic. college. So, all kidding aside, what we're talking about here is the fact that this is something that is going to be relatively new to a lot of you. Yeah. Um, not only is it going to burst, but it's something that for a lot of people, right? They graduated college or if they want, they graduated college without debt. Many of them were able to then go on and pay college for their children and Mm -hmm. have them graduate without debt. And they were able to have savings. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, have real health care and be able to retire and all these things. Yeah, retirement. That's a novel concept. Exactly. And if you started going to college... pension, perhaps? Yes. A a defined benefit. Yeah. You know, that that thing that doesn't exist anymore. Worker benefits. What are those? You know, and and maybe they even had a, I don't know, union. Yeah. Um, But then in the... If you went to college in the last 20, 30, I think at this point, maybe even approaching 40 years, you basically had to take an increasing amount of debt. Mind you, it didn't really skyrocket the way that it has until, you know, about the the 90s, basically, when the federal mm-hmm. government massively expanded its offerings. But the the reality is that for the last two generations, you're in debt and your children are going to be in debt and their grandchildren are going to be in even, and their children, sorry, are going to be in even worse debt. And that's not the same thing that, that's not the same situation as used to obtain, right? Yeah. I think that's why a lot of baby boomers and people who are from the greatest generation don't understand our struggle. And um, I'm not saying that to separate them from us or anything, but I hear it a lot. And I think they simply just think that it's mismanagement or laziness or some ineptitude that causes this. And if they could see my, you know, my pocketbook and, what it costs for me to go to college, right. they would have a different outlook, maybe a little bit more empathy. Right. Mm. I feel like empathy and compassion are the keys to a lot of this. Yeah, it's also a systematic sort of, I guess, a selling out of the future. Yeah. I mean, being able to trade on those stocks is just, uh, that should be criminal because yeah. we're supposed to be investing in education. Mm-hmm. If we value an educated society that wants to progress, then why would we punish people who seek to better themselves? It makes no sense at all. I think for a lot of boomers, especially, it's really hard to sort of 
understand how much more information gets beamed at us. Yes. Because I didn't go to college that long ago, and I remember the financial aid process, and I remember meeting with the dean, and his basic and entire message to us was don't get a credit card. That was it. That was yeah. literally the only tip we got. Yep. Yeah, I um, I actually, when attending RIT, I was invited to a conference where a guy was going to tell us how to financially um, do better with our student loan debt. And I was like, oh, I thought it was about student loan debt. It was jet debt in general. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was free pizza. So we went into the auditorium. I was excited. I sat next to my friend. I said, maybe he'll be able to tell us about some program of forgiveness or something. And it was a guy who was like a... He was an elected judge or whatever, and he was like, he basically just got up there and wagged his finger at us and said, "You kids are maxing out your credit cards. You kids are just buying iPods. Hey, how about this? Stop eating avocados and spend your money on this and that." And I was just like, "I'm getting the hell out of here." Pardon Thanks me. for the pizza. Yeah, I was like, yeah. "This pizza doesn't even taste so good anymore because I feel like yeah." And as we're leaving, it's with a side of shame and yeah, I, I packed yeah, up admonishment. My, I was ready for for information that could help me in my struggle. Yeah. And I was not there to just get, you know, chided yeah. by this, mm-hmm. you know. Holier than thou. Holier than thou sort of. I mean, what a jerk. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Couldn't believe that. Yeah. that. That's exactly what that sounds and like. And the student aid office was, you know, the people that kind of put them up to it. And they had these little cards you could fill out at the end. So what do you think you're going to do with yourself now? And I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. How dare you? I'm glad you mentioned that because when I saw uh, this uh, this BuzzFeed article that I keep referencing by Anne Helen Peterson, um, the reason I saw it was that somebody on social media had shared it, and it was somebody who worked at the student aid office of my undergraduate institution mm. some time ago, apparently. And she was explicitly saying, you know, we always told undergrads to uh, – be very careful and never take any forgiveness program as a short thing and, you know, always focus on blah, blah, blah. And all I'm thinking is, number one, if you did, that started long after I went to college because we never got any information on any of that. And number two, that's not helpful either. No, it's not. All all you're telling people is... It's basically giving people a false life raft. Yeah. Like trying to, you know, warn them away from even the possibility of going to an institution. Right. Like basically you're saying, go home. Mm-hmm. Or you can't be here because you can't depend on any of this. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> this worse, is, they This tell is a you straw can. house. <laughs> like that's what they should be yeah. saying. I mean, when you're 17, you're going to college, right? What do you know about right. finances? Mm-hmm. What do you know about finances? Uh, what do you know, what about, do you know about the job market? What do you know about the economy? They what say, do you know about corruption? Don't take out more than you need. And I go, how much do I need to live? Right. How much does a human being need to live for a year? How much is housing? I was 17. I couldn't even sign a, uh, a you know, a, a lease for an apartment. Right. Legally. Because you're 17. Because yeah. I'm 17. But for some reason, I'm able to go into, right. a, you know, $40,000 worth of debt. Right. Uh, what's that? You That's also crazy. can't vote. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't even vote. Yep. Couldn't even vote. Because I started at 17, too. Right. Yep. Yeah. Anita, the, the study you shared with us about trends in college that, right? It always talks yeah. about undergraduates taking out student loans. I didn't take out any student loans. My institution told me this is how much you're getting in loans because we are not going to offer you that money. That right. was it. Right. Like I didn't suddenly go, okay, I need to cover this balance, blah, blah, blah. No, it was that's that's the decision I have to make. I either take out this money or through my institution, or I don't get a degree. Right. So you you have this like you know Faustian deal, mm-hmm. where you're like, Excellent I'm going yeah. to sign this paper, right. and hopefully I'll be able to pay the piper before what? I mean, they say, oh, don't worry, you'll have the awesome job that we keep touting. Right. You'll be able to go into X field or Y field. Well, that's not guaranteed either. We talked about that already. Right. So, in in addition to not being old enough, in my opinion, to make these decisions without mm-hmm. a financial officer there, somebody who's your advocate or something like that. Or without adequate information. And, yeah. Your, pa- mean, your parents might not be, you know, financiers. Well, not only that, but because this is a new problem, right. they don't know how to deal with it either no. because oh, they no. didn't have to. No way. Yeah. And imagine... None for, of us are equipped. Yeah. No, and imagine no. that in, for example, here's one from my past... 
you might be better at English than your parents are. Mm. And if oh, you're the one okay. who doesn't understand, right. uh, if you're the one that doesn't understand the finances and they don't understand the anyway. language right. that the finances are expressed in, you it's know, a bunch of jargon. Um, it's, it's probably yeah. designed to not be understood. Well, oh, that's, absolutely. Yeah, that's another yeah. way that they get you with the red tape. Yeah. It's just like when you go to apply for like SNAP benefits or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just another hoop to jump through. And, and I call them flaming hoops. And it may, yeah, they are flaming yeah. hoops because yeah. it's meant to make so you, you feel less regardless. than. Yep. You know? Yeah, I got Pell Grants because I was needy. And I got, I, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's not something I'm ashamed of. Mm. But if you get a Pell Grant, it says in the statistics that people who receive Pell Grants are much less likely to make enough money when they get out of college hmm. to pay back the, uh, now a grant, you just get that. But it's yeah. like what two hundred bucks a semester? Big deal. Really? That barely buys you food. So, it doesn't even buy um, like one book. Yeah, one book. Yeah. One book. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I was friends with the photocopier. Okay, because you could go to the library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, is like once again, it just comes back to more to hoops. And I can't even. This doesn't even get into the very dark world of when you have to take out an alternative education loan, Mm -hmm. which can never be refinanced. Oh, nice. I got some of that. It's a very scary place. Wow. Yeah, you cannot, you can't consolidate. Wow. And and none of those companies that call you up and say, hey, you want help with your student loans? I say, can you do alternative education? They go click. Because that's the end of the call. They can't help you. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. I'm in in deep with Discover. (laughs) Oh. Discover soon, loans. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. It's well. It's my life. It's my struggle. I'll take it. You know. I know, but I mean, part of the hope with this program, with with our podcast, is that we don't want people to feel like they're struggling alone right. because mm-hmm. we're all struggling with very similar problems, and the st- specifics may be different from person to person. Right. But I promise you, there are other people out there we're struggling with similar things yeah mm-hmm. and it just it sucks yeah yeah it just Everyone sucks out and there with a student loan right now is my brother or sister yeah absolutely I'm you right now and i i feel like if there's a way for us to struggle collectively and to support one another so that we can make this better we got to figure it out there's yes, got to be a better do. way than this yeah well, yeah, because otherwise what we have to look forward to is crushing amounts of debt and then being moralized <laughs> Suffocating. Yeah. by a bunch of people who, you know, like in my case, I spend a lot of time around the local ownership class because I have to for my job. Right. And, you know, the amount of moralizing I get done at me from people who... Um, Sometimes it's well-meaning moralizing. Yeah, no, fair but, enough. But like yeah, all moralizing, it's, it's ultimately yeah. condescending. And, yes, you know, 100%. And we know better than you. Oh, yeah. tut, tut. And it's people who, they are not going to have this problem. These are the people that complain when their coupons don't work because they're expired. Mm-hmm. And then they don't know about my debt. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Like, how do you not take this tied coupon? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and here's the That's thing. Really like, I see my women's. I worked, I worked <laughs> at women's for a while. I know how they are. Oh, tut, tut. Yeah. <laughs> I teach these people's kids. And right. even these people who should have their finger on the pulse of how these things work had no idea what was going on for years after I started teaching. It's only in the last two or three years that I finally sort of hear literacy about this sort of thing. Once I think, their kids are getting, yeah, you well, know, of course. mired in it. I think, well, even the even the, the people who had kids graduating, right? right? For years, they couldn't figure it out either. And they're like bankers and lawyers and people like that because that doesn't mean it they is can afford so, it yeah. uh, you know, it it's is insidious. so obscure mm-hmm. and so designed to... Extort. This yeah. is a real blind spot for people who even have a lot of good, you know, feelings in their mm-hmm. heart. Um, yeah. And one of my family members is well off. He works for, um, he works for a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and um, he still doesn't understand the depths of the, you know, the insanity of the amount of debt that this generation and and Gen X and the coming Z generation all have. Yeah. Because he he still kind of moralizes it as if. We just didn't think hard enough about how much we were taking out. We didn't have a choice. College right. costs this much. RIT is a new car every year. That's mm-hmm. what they say. Yeah. No one can afford that. 
No. I mean, some mm-hmm. people, I said, oh, some people can. Very, yeah. very few. Yeah. But I think part of the problem is that it's easier for people to be in denial because of how heartbreaking it right. would actually be if they truly were to try and understand. Do you so, want to talk about that? The, the struggle of just the everyday struggle of wondering what you're future is going to be like. I mean. Well, there was one person that we actually asked to join us on this program to talk today and he started to have a panic attack and he said, oh, I right. can't, I can't. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But I know that that's not abnormal. No. That there are no. so many people who, when you bring up the subject of debt, they shut down it immediately. It not in my stomach. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people who, you know, we have very dark thoughts about, you know, right. Yeah, exactly. That subject. And um, sometimes it can cause you to lose people you love, go into yeah. depression, yeah. even suicide. thoughts. Actually, I have mind. a friend who so, tried to commit suicide two weeks ago. I'm sorry for your friend. She, I, I, she's doing okay. okay. She's recovering, but her debt's still there. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's just waiting but, for I mean, her. Ultimately, like, what I can worry. they do? What can they do to you? They can't. Not yet. They can't throw you in jail yet. Okay. Yeah, debtor's prison. Well, but you know, I, I thought about fleeing the country. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I was like, wait a minute. And, I mean, and you your death me will not there. discharge your student loans. Either. No, it won't. Yeah. No. And Especially if somebody, if somebody co-signed. Yeah. yeah. And we cannot go bankrupt. This yeah. is a very well. The other thing. thing is that bankruptcy doesn't get rid of your student right. loans. No, yet. exactly. You and can't. Do it. You know what else yeah. doesn't? It's a government shutdown because they're yeah. all handled oh, yeah. by private take companies. That so that part still. Um, yeah. yeah, it's no, it's it's absolutely true. Like I, I have also had pen. I remember when I realized that you know I had made a payment late, and so it yeah. wouldn't count towards the qualifying payments. That was a panic attack right there. Yep. When I realized that they oh weren't counting entire years of payments I had put in, That's panic so scary. attack there. Exactly. It's just like a reality that we live with now because yeah. we yeah. we live in a system that <laughs> wants us either in debt or dead. It's yeah. it's to try and get us to be as Actually, desperate as possible. Actually, they don't want us dead because then no. we can't keep paying. Right. So sure. ideally, we need to be alive. alive. Well, that's no. what I'm saying. We For are as long in as debt, possible. Or if we're not in debt, we need to be dead. So this that, sort you know, of goes not. into the, yeah. the theory of people farming and mm-hmm. yeah. being only consumers in order to sort of bleed us dry, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, for as long as possible. But. You know, not to get too dark, but, you know, we did talk about the idea that for certain women, we're on a time crunch yeah. uh, before we are no longer able to have children. And for this generation, we take a lot of flack for being sort of unloving, uncaring um, robots who just don't want to have kids. Yeah. I hear that as a... As I've a, also been getting so been much told, pressure from family, yeah, the family friends, wants strangers, to, and when they don't understand. Do yeah. Yeah, and and I don't know if you hear all the time. Oh, you'll never be ready. Yeah. Oh, oh, can oh, I tell a story? You'll figure it out. Sure. Real quick. So I'm gonna name names. I met <laughs> Kathy Hochul in a closed door meeting with about four or five Who's other that women. Again? Kathy Hochul was like the a, current lieutenant oh, right, right, right. of New York, I believe. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I know that person. She I know like I should a nice know that enough person. person this eh, and that, yeah. but I mean, center left Dems do mm-hmm. this all the time. She's of the generation where she cannot understand, and she wanted to talk about women's issues. Uh-huh. So me and other lawmakers, at the time I was on city council for Canadagua, she comes into the room and we talk, blah, 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 and at the end I say, listen, my massive crushing student debt makes it impossible for me to responsibly even think about bringing a child up in this world because I'm too afraid that all we'll be able to afford is fish sticks and hot dogs for the mm-hmm. rest of our lives. And she looks at me, just glosses right over this whole conversation and says, oh, honey, you'll never be ready. Just go and do it. And I go like, oh. Did you hear anything I just no. said? <laughs> she, she was incapable of understanding that it is, it is just fundamentally impossible for some people yeah. to make that decision to go into the poorhouse in order to have sort of an, this love in your heart for, you know, bringing up a child, which, right. you know, for a lot of women we want to, or I should say for a lot of people with uteruses because mm-hmm. they're, you know, yeah. men with uteruses and want to do it too. And I'm just saying that she just did not hear that struggle. Yeah, and she so, just could not absorb it. It's coming from, I feel like there's you know, this disconnect. Yeah. Like people can't relate to things that they didn't have to go through and no. they are so averse to really trying to absorb it. No, they think women's issues means that, 
you know, we need to talk about like, are, are there enough uh, access female to contraception CEOs and, and access? And, yeah, yeah contraception, of course. These are important yeah. issues. But when you want to make a decision in your life and you have a time period that you can do that with, yeah. it, the the idea of having a nine hundred dollar a month payment, mm-hmm. you can't buy diapers. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's just all there is to it. So. Yeah, and that and that's one dimension that we haven't haven't talked about actually. The fact that this hits you. The the less you are a white man, the harder True, this yeah, hits you. Yeah, you know we some of the statistics that uh, we hadn't shared yet. If if you're uh, African American, you are much more likely to default on your student loans yes. than if you're white or mm-hmm. Hispanic. If you had a Pell Grant, and the you were, system is designed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If you had a Pell Grant, you're way more likely to default. If you're a first-generation college student, so you know your yes. your genealogy yeah. of debt is very different. Mm-hmm. You're twice as likely to default. And best of all, we talked about how for-profit colleges prey on women, especially single mothers, mm-hmm. people of color, yes. working poor, all right. these sorts of people. You are seven times more likely to default. Fifty-two percent of for-profit college students. Default More than moments. half. And they want to make it worse because mm-hmm. Betsy DeVos wants to take off any kind of regulation that would that would make it so these colleges have to show that they're actually responsibly training people or getting them ready to go into the workforce. They want to take that away and make it so that you could get a univer you know, get a degree from, you know, John Bob University out of somebody's garage. <laughs> I think that one's in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and honestly, people will say, well, I got the piece of paper. Can I have a job now? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. All that for that lousy piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Well, we got real dark on this side. <laughs> yeah, well. But I think it's very necessary to yeah. sort of discuss this issue and the depth that it deserves. Um, what we're going to try to do when we come back is we'll try to, as always, end on a slightly more positive note. So we'll be Be right right back. back. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester. If you'd like to continue slacking off, you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back to Punching Out. I'm Rachel. I'm Anita. Still Noah. And we were talking about the darkness of student loan debt and how it prevents generations from participating fully in humanity, I would say. But we're hoping to end on a more hopeful note of what we think needs to happen and what could happen to make this better. That would be nice if we could have some student loan forgiveness. How about all the student loan <laughs> yeah. forgiveness? Yes. Not just some. Yeah. All of it. I, th- I think the term you used, Anita, was a jubilee. Yeah, jubilee! A complete jubilee. And, uh, you know, I have to credit, uh, there was another show that I listened to that came up, you know, kind of gave me that information. And that's a majority report. I like them. The idea of a full jubilee would be that all student loan debt would be reduced to zero. And that from there, we would continue with a debt-free college and not just debt-free college, free college for anyone who wanted it and and could basically do the work that was necessary, like in college. So as long as you're, you know, as long as you're caring about your own future, you know, the future should not be stolen from us by these large corporations who are making money by shuffling money around. Yeah, it shouldn't be prohibitively expensive. Yeah, I mean, I think... It shouldn't be extortionist. Everyone deserves an education, mm-hmm. and that doesn't just mean K through 12. And That is actually yeah. like about learning. Right. And it's not about ways, profit. It's, it is a business, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I would say that, you know, since we have a teacher in the house, the, the value of education needs to really be put at a premium. In other countries, developed countries, we are seeing that they are flourishing by giving their, even in a, in a centrist sort of neoliberal yeah. uh, society, they have but tuition-free programs. College. Yeah, tuition-free yeah. Pro, you know, college where if you can afford an apartment, and they even give you a or stipend. Or if you can qualify, yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know, d- depending on the system. You can go to university. For right? free. I've got German friends who, mm-hmm. they chuckle when they hear how much debt we have because to They them, have health care and yeah. free 
Free education. Free education. Yeah. Because somebody said, hey, we want to have an educated populace. This is one of my favorite <laughs> statistics because often what you hear is like the reason we have to be this cutthroat and ruthless with the way that we formulate our education policy is, oh, we need to compete in math. We need to compete in oh, science. Oh, come on. We're not competing. We put people on the moon with the same ratings in math and science, which, by the way, not a quantitative thing, but okay. Aren't we Let's, less competitive now anyway? Like it, Even if we were. Globally? Not, what I'm saying is, even if we were, we were also middling right. when Neil Armstrong was stepping on the moon, when there right. were these massive And I bet he didn't have any underway. student loan debt. No. Probably not. <laughs> but to be fair, he was a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he probably took advantage of the GI Bill. Yeah. And, um, yeah. To, the largest single debt avoidance program right. in that regard. And right? we have to acknowledge, I don't know if we did yet, that black and brown people were not given yeah. that opportunity, which generationally, that and redlining kept mm -hmm. wealth mm -hmm. from getting to them and kept them and their children from getting to a point where they could pay for college in mm -hmm. a way in, in a way that uh, white people could. And now they are the single most targeted, you know, by these yeah. predatory loans. Preyed upon. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Which is yet another way that right. the policies that we're talking about would be a massive reorganization yeah. of yeah. that. Yeah. That would very much help. Yeah. Put a chink in the armor of yeah. institutional racism. Yeah. Um, the, the only, the reason most politicians aren't even going to touch this, you know, is that we, we can have the trillion dollars to build a ship that is allergic to water <laughs> or a plane that catches on fire just sitting in a hangar or whatever, but we right. can't have that money to guarantee people health care, to give people an education, to To actually sure serve that, people's needs. Exactly. To right. If we're going to make this, if we're going to tell people you have to get an education to be able to, uh, I don't know, whatever participate. corporate BS you want, sure, yeah. uh, to to participate in the wider the market. society. Yeah, if that's yes. the low, if that's the if that's the bar for entry, a bachelor's degree, then that should be grade twelve. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, we give kids uh, K through twelve education. Well, not always K, but we give mm -hmm. them K through twelve education. And then and we're somehow able to finance that through taxes. Right. And you can still go to a private school if you feel like it, mm -hmm. if you're willing to pay. Yeah. Okay. And even that is being eroded systematically, right. too. So, right. Yeah. So we Education should is be under able attack. to do this. This is not impossible. Oh, absolutely not. Not at all. And like, absolutely not. like Noah was saying. Especially if Amazon had to pay any taxes. That would help. Ha. Huh. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Novel idea. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, give Noah a minute. <laughs> I can only give one ha. Huh? Yeah. Um, but like Noah was saying, is that um, you know we could, you know we could do this, and that I lost my train of thought. Oh, that about, this is that this is possible. That we wouldn't have to reinvent the wheel. That other right. countries are already doing this successfully. Right. And so all of these myths that we couldn't afford this, right. we, can't, we can't actually provide the basic needs for all of our citizens, financially yeah. speaking, is a bunch of hooey. Yes. Right. And, and nothing bears that out you know, more bluntly than if we're going to say the military is untouchable, then how come Trump can move that money around for a stupid wall that doesn't even work? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I hate to put it that bluntly and lay it on their laps. No, like go that, ahead. No. Put it that bluntly. Okay. I don't, I don't think the, you need to everyone, hate that. Okay. Hate is a strong okay. word. Yeah I, yeah. I do I do dislike very much that it, we can only use the military as a pawn when it's, when it's in, you know, oh, we can't take money from the military to give to useful things. But when we have this BS sort of political thing, then we'll subversively take that money, which we know is use, is being used for just worthless things. Or how like, about like for-profit prisons? Yeah. Let's get rid of those. Um, how about we, um, I don't know, you know, AOC's, um, you know, let's tax, what is it, $10 billion? The, you know, I any income over $10 billion at 70%? 70 how about 100%? Marginal. Yep. People forget that who that needs meet, ten yeah. billion dollars? And when was she it says billion it or million? Anyway, it it either amount to have that much money because yep. you're just hoarding. 
I always yeah. tell. Yeah, I have a I have a family member who isn't is sharing the first broker. thing they teach you in school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there's always and, that one kid, right? And I Jeff think a Bezos. lot of that one kids end up being the people <laughs> well, who don't pay taxes on the <laughs> billions of dollars. I yeah, but one kid in every classroom that's that's more more kids than there are billionaires. Yeah, well, not, not everybody not can be a billionaire. Yeah, right. right? You got to so, run some people over on your way there. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, the, the issue people. is, is that you give fifty dollars to a person who needs that fifty dollars, and that money becomes liquid. Mm-hmm. It becomes, it flows into the economy. Absolutely. And for you know, they say especially with SNAP benefits, yep. for every for every one cent we put in, we get forty cents back mm-hmm. in liquidity, and that money that is just sitting stagnant in the bank accounts of billionaires is not liquid. Right. They can only buy so many yachts. They can only buy so many gold-plated toilets. Right. These things, and even if you are just looking at it from an economic standpoint, it's economic constipation. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Constipation is not fun. And it's not yeah. fun. It's not good for anybody. Either. But, you know. It messes you right up. And, you know, that guy from Starbucks, Schwartz or whatever it was his mm-hmm. name. But oh, Schultz. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. So he is just another guy who is afraid to let go of his cash. Yep. And he thinks any, he thinks, oh no, they're coming sad, for us. Sad, little man. And the truth is, is like, you can only, you can, you can only build a big enough wall to keep people out for so long. Yeah. It didn't work for the Russian uh, monarchy and the czar. Mm-hmm. And you don't want people to get so desperate that they don't have the things they need to live. Honestly, mm-hmm. They they killed I think so, yeah. in the 80s. They killed the golden goose. They they knew they could siphon off enough money to keep themselves rich and also feed us crumbs, and we'd be mm-hmm. okay with it. But they got so greedy, yeah, and they strangled that goose to death. That's yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? We know that from other things that we've talked about on this show. That if you gave people things like universal health care, right. if you gave people things yeah. like a, a 15 or $20 minimum wage, mm-hmm. that money gets spent right back into the economy. So you can be the most right. cutthroat capitalist yeah. in the universe. You can be the That would keep uh, people happy biggest, for a long time. Yeah, you, you, can, throw you can be the biggest disciple yeah. of Adam Smith, who actually said other yeah. things yeah. that aren't really yeah. capitalist, but whatever. All yeah. Yeah. You can Poor be all of, those, all of those people. This would still end up helping you in the long run, right. but because in the short term it would take away some of your money, you get people like Schultz and like Bezos, who you know they can't even take for one second, for one the length of one flash trade, right? The possibility that their wealth any might criticism go down. they yeah. just cannot. It, well, it's, it's because it's a very fragile institution that demands mm-hmm. that you believe that it's merit based while not being merit based. Yeah, that you are somehow deserving of that. Yes. Yeah. So, which goes back to kings and queens and feudalism, if you mm-hmm. ask me. Oh, absolutely. Um, Angela Merkel is no man's liberal or no man's no man's <laughs> leftist, I should say. Angela Merkel is no man's leftist, okay? Mm-hmm. But somehow, she's been in power for a very long time in in Germany because, and she's arguably the leader of everything that the, the EU, EU kind of. is mm-hmm. doing, and. Honestly, her neoliberal policies are allowed to continue and flourish in a capitalist society because she gives enough that people are so happy there. Yeah. So happy. Because their basic needs are accounted exactly. for. Exactly. Yeah. And even taking on refugees at a large number, way larger than us, mm-hmm. they can they can get right into German society and start working. Take a lesson, capitalists. Don't kill the golden goose. Yeah. That's the thing. I think... Either party could right now step forward and say, we will support, you know, full forgiveness, student loan debt. And they would win in a walk. Yeah. Yeah. But neither of them is even for a second willing to consider that because of what we're talking about. And we're lucky that the right wingers don't actually think that's a good talking point. Exactly. And just lie about it, like how Trump did with his fake populism. Mm -hmm. So, in a way. Yeah. This is an opportunity for us to actually get some beneficial change. Right. Mm-hmm. If neither party takes this up, then it is less likely to be co-opted, mm-hmm. and we right. can actually see some outcome if we push for it in an organized way. Exactly. I agree. That, that's what so, Anita's been saying. That organize, just... organize, organize. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't think there's... We're all on the same team here. Yeah. So Jubilee. Yep. Jubilee. And Jubilee 2020. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. 
Thank you for you. having me on. I appreciate yeah, it. It's you're welcome time. anytime. I apologize that it's been like this with my voice. Well, next time. Fine. We'll hear more next time. <laughs> okay. Literally and figuratively. So, um, I, I'm sure we could talk about this for a full another hour, but yeah. this is the time we have. So until next time, I'm Noah. I'm Rachel. And I'm Anita. This was Punching Out. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are.